0: On this episode of the Mompreneur Show, I'm talking with Tiffany King. She's a wife of 29 years and a mother of four children. She started Eat at Home in 2008 and gradually built it into a business that provides full-time income on part-time hours. Today, we'll talk about how she did that, as well as how to meal plan to get dinner on the table every night. I know that's a big point for a big pain point for a lot of us. I'm your host, Vika Lachenko, and this is the show that helps you win in business without losing at home before we get into the show I would like to thank two wonderful companies for helping make this show possible one of them is made on it's a natural brand of skincare chapstick and hard lotion run by a husband and wife team and they make natural skincare that has as little as three ingredients It helps people with cracked and and dry skin as well as eczema. Head on over to hardlotion.com and enter the code V-I-C-K-Y to get $5 off your purchase. And a lot of these items are very, very affordable. And so $5 will get you uh, far um, in in their shop. So make sure you go ahead and do that. Hardlotion.com code Vicky and Audible. It's an incredible company that hosts hundreds of thousands of audiobooks that you can listen to in the car, on the go, or while painting in my case. Yes, I'm still painting the house that we moved into three months ago. Get a free book and a free 30-day trial by signing up at audible.com forward slash Vicky. Thank you again so much for being here. Let's get into the show. Tiffany, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so
1: much for having me. I'm glad to be here.
0: Absolutely. It's a great honor. And it's so funny, when I was on the search for the perfect mom entrepreneur who not only is a superhero in meal planning, but who is also an incredible role model, especially for me, because... That's exactly who I look at as a host of the show. I want to make sure that, um, our values align and, um, you were highly recommended by Jamie Tarney, was an an incredible coach of mine. And I am so, so happy that we've been able to connect and finally have you on the show.
1: Yes. I'm so glad too. I love Jamie. She's great. She's so it's really nice to meet you through
0: her. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. So Tiffany, share us your story. How did you get started online? I started in 2008, which so many people
1: did. And um, I had a small blog that I started in 2006 that was for poetry and writing and haikus and just basically playing. And I knew there was no way I could grow that. Some people could, but not me. So I really wanted to find a topic that I would be able to blog about that that I had some expertise in. And when I looked around, dinner was the thing that I do best. So that's what I chose, and I started on Blogger, and six months later, I moved to my own um, self-hosted press site and um, just kind of went from there, but went about building an audience and, and growing that, um, and it's when I started, I knew I wanted to grow it, so I was fairly intentional. It was, I was intentional as I knew how to be at the time, mm-hmm. um, but I had no idea what was possible and where I would be now. So, and that that's been part of the fun too, to watch it grow and to try different things.
0: Oh my gosh. Okay. That's amazing. Okay. So I thank you so much for making such a cute little nutshell. I'm going to go back and pick at the story so we can get uh, more details out of it. But you mentioned that you were doing other stuff online before starting, um, eat at home. And it's so interesting. Like you actually like, cause a lot of bloggers did not realize that, um, you know, certain, certain topics aren't very, don't do very well in as far as monetization, as far as making money. How did you make that shift? Like what made you shift into uh, this area and realize that, okay, what I'm doing right now, right now is going to make me money.
1: Mostly, when I started, of course, making money is always nice, but I had been a stay-at-home mom for years mm-hmm. <laughs> at that point, mm-hmm. and a homeschool mom. So we were pretty used to living on one income, and I never imagined that I would be able to significantly add to that while working at home. However, I did, I think it was Stephanie O'Day's blog, um, crock 365, I think it was called, mm-hmm. or A Year of Slow Cooking, maybe, um, her site kind of caught my eye, and I was reading other food blogs as well because that's a topic I'm interested in. And she had said that um, sh- it was possible for her to pay for her groceries with her site. Wow. This was way back then. I'm pretty sure she's doing better than that now of as course, well, of course. <laughs> but this was you know, way back. And that caught my eye and I just wondered, is it really possible? And I figured the only way to figure that out was to try and see if it was. So it took probably probably six to eight months before I put the first ad on, and that's, that's how I made my first money was banner ads. And my first check, I remember, was $16 into my PayPal account, and I was thrilled. You know, you see that, and you think, well, I can't really do a whole lot with $16, but it's $16 more than I had, and I earned it doing something I really enjoyed. Because unlike everything else in your life, when you're a mom, you put a blog post up and it stays there and it looks good. And even though I look back and say, oh, that's not very good. At the time it was the best I could do. And it looked good to me and people were sharing it and they liked it. And so, yeah, that was, that's amazing. Okay. So uh, yeah, I was all
0: in then, I guess. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. Because it really boosts you when you have that income, when you see that income, it's like, wow, it's really happening. This is not just a dream uh, of mine or it's not just like uh, uh, something that people talk about. So Mm -hmm. what are some of your other uh, monetization models in the beginning? Um, I know you started, uh, so you mentioned you started with banner ads. Um, Did you do AdSense? And can you tell us the process of how to get those um, in case our our moms are interested in uh, setting up banner ads on their websites?
1: I will do my best. I think things may have changed a little bit, and I know I have changed um, how I do it. I have never been with AdSense because, for some reason, my email is connected to somebody else um, named Tammy. I don't know. And who do you contact at Google to tell them that that's not you? So they deny me. Um, Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. So I've never actually been with AdSense. I think I'm the only blogger out there who has not but I've made it work anyway. And, you know, sometimes not everything that you hear about is going to work for you for whatever reason, but you just keep going. So I started out with um, Food Buzz, I think it's called. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if they're a thing anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that got rolled into Federated Media. Okay. Um, and at the time, it was really easy. You know, I saw those ads on lots of different bloggers' websites. And so I've just applied to them and was accepted and it was really easy and they paid really well, um, for a while at that time. Um, yeah. So yeah. now, yeah, now I use ad thrive to mm-hmm. manage those ads and, and they just do their thing and I don't so it's really very, worry. About it. It's very hands off. <laughs> Very hands off. Mm -hmm. And even if you're doing now, I think if you're doing AdSense and you're trying to optimize yourself, that would be different. I've never done that. So I, I guess that's a blessing that I've never really had to bother with
0: that. Okay. So fast forward to now, um, how are you monetizing your blog right now?
1: Now I still do have banner ads, but that's becoming less and less um, a percentage of the income. Mm-hmm. I also do sponsored posts, which I started mm-hmm. several years in. And of course, as my audience has grown and my social media reach has grown, the, the rates for that have also grown. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's good. Um, I don't do a whole lot of that though. The main way I'm monetizing now is through my own products, which is weekly meal plans, and that's a membership site for people they can join either monthly and pay monthly recurring or quarterly or join annually. Mm. And then I have a couple of other products as well. Yeah. So that's the part I'm really trying to grow.
0: No, that's really, really great. I feel like monetizing on your own with your own products is like the best bet because you get a way better return on your investment that way.
1: Yes. You're in a lot more control. You know, I don't, I'm not in control of what happens to banner ads. Sometimes your traffic doesn't cooperate (laughs) and Mm -hmm. it'll drop. And then of course that affects your earnings on the banner ads. Um, But with your own products, you have a lot more
0: control Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, for sure. Wow. Very interesting. Okay. So let's go back a little bit and um, talk about how did you, how did you gradually grow your income by continuing to work part-time, taking care of your family, putting your family number one, and um, making it making your blog bring you a full-time income that people, some people only dream about? It did take years. Mm-hmm. So I
1: started in 2008, um, in October, towards the end of that year. And in 2010, my daughter graduated. My oldest daughter graduated from high school. And so she was wondering, you know, where am I going to go to school? What am I going to do? Um, she really, really wanted to graduate without debt, which is, of course, we were thrilled with that decision yeah, for yeah. her. Um, and so I told her, we were still living on my husband's income with just wow. a little bit here and there coming in from me. Wow. Um, I was making money, but nothing, nothing to really write home about. Exactly. Um, and, but I told her in 2010, I'm just going to blog your way through school. And I did. Now, she did not go to a private school. She started at a community college and into the University of Kentucky, but she graduated in four and a half years with her master's, and she's debt-free, and she's now applied for her PhD. She's on her own for that.
0: But, yeah. That's so, incredible. So you literally put your daughter through college. I did. Okay, yes. so can we talk about that? That's absolutely incredible. Um, and you know how... I think Dave Ramsey talks about this too. Um, is, I mean, he does talk about this is really giving your money a job. Like what is the reason? Where's this money going to go once you make it? And I think that is Mm -hmm. so powerful. And I feel like for you, when you tied it into your daughter's college fund, I feel like it just made you more motivated to do that. Right? Mm -hmm. Like how, how, um, what kind of impact did it have in your family? I mean, your your husband was probably like, "Whoa, I didn't know this could happen." <laughs> yeah,
1: there was a. a he's been funny because he's he's a financial guy, and of course, yeah. his income has been our main income, and still is the main, you know, the mainest income. Is that a word? <laughs> um, but yeah, at some point, he took notice and said, "Oh, I we need to get a bank account for you because I was pretty." I was maybe a year in before Mm -hmm. he kept saying, no, 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 it's not enough, not enough. And finally, he's like, oh, okay, it's enough. We need to do this. And yeah, and so then when we were able to pay for her school, of course, that was huge. Um, The more that it's earned, the more things we've been able to do for our family, just education-wise for the kids, um, vacations for the family, helping out in different ways, giving in different ways. Um, so it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. And now the current goal is to send our third child to college and he has picked a more expensive college, but I'm determined (laughs) to pay for that as well. That
0: is Tiffany. I did not know this about like part of that. It's part of your story and uh, that's absolutely incredible. Like that is so fascinating. What better why do you need? You know, like I feel like that is the biggest why, um, Mm -hmm to make money to really pay for our children's education that's incredible i'm like so blown away so so inspired <laughs> so um kay i would love if you could share your momentum points and i know we touched upon it like in uh, while we we're talking before um prior to the show Is that like, how do you create momentum to keep going, to take it really to the next level, take advantage of the growth? Because I feel like a lot of times when we start our businesses, I mean, it has happened to me multiple times. Like you grow, you grow, you grow, and then you hit a plateau. Like Mm how do I, how do you avoid that? And how did you keep on going and growing? I'm not sure that you
1: can avoid that. unfortunately. I wish that you could. I wish you could keep that steep upward growth that happens sometimes Mm -hmm. because it's a lot more fun than the plateaus or the dips that sometimes happen. Mm -hmm. But I'm just coming out of a plateau like that out of a year of struggle with technology and um, different systems and a lot of expenses and a dip in traffic and it can feel like you're not making any progress at all. Yeah. And, and yeah. it's frustrating. Yeah. And I think you're in those times, you're really ripe to look around at what everybody else is doing and see their successes and either get jealous over it
0: exactly, um, and
1: want what you see that they have, or just get really frustrated and down on yourself that wondering if it's ever going to happen. But it's happened several times. You know, of course, the, um, as the growth gets bigger, the plateaus sometimes get longer mm-hmm. or have a little bit longer of a dip. Um, but in my experience over the last eight years, if you just keep going, you will get to that next growth phase. It, as long as you are moving things forward and you're focused on what's coming and put your head down and do your work and stop looking around and comparing yourself to everyone else, the growth does come again. Um, so that that's how I got through this last one is to just be determined that there is a way to get through this. And if I keep doing the things that help businesses grow, then my business will also grow.
0: Mm, that's amazing. Yeah. So really, I, like, what I'm getting this for myself is that really believe. If you're stuck in the plateau, just really, really believe. And ladies, I'd love to hear um, any insights or questions from you um, from the comments below. Is like, how, how do you feel about this topic, about the con- comparison trap? And, and this happens a lot when you hit a plateau. When good things happen, all you want to do is brag about it and tell the whole entire world how awesome things are going, which is so natural for us to really just talk about the good stuff. But when the bad stuff happens or when nothing is happening at all, you tend to look around and see like, what is she? doing what is he doing what's going on there and that hits you hard and that's very unhealthy for your growth so tiffany that's really really good advice it's just like really put your head down and really figure out what you need to do and just really work diligently towards that and that is really really beautiful and um tyree says um back to the 16 dollar paypal um, transfer from your banner ads tiffany she said 16 dollar says this works Exactly. And, and so yes. many people started with literally 17 cents in their, in their bank account as a transfer. And they're like, Oh my gosh, that's actual money. Uh, because if they're 17 cents, there, there's more. And in your case, if there's 16, there's, there's definitely more. Hey, Lucy, thank you so much for joining us on. So, um, that is so powerful, Tiffany. And I really appreciate you for sharing that because it's, it's, it's a huge problem right now. I mean, it's a huge problem that a, a lot of us deal with. So, um, Let's move into talking about meal planning. I struggle with that so much and a lot more than I'd like to admit. And even though I've I okay, for years I've tried plans, I, I mean writing down, shopping once a week, all week, all that jazz. It's really, really hard for me. I feel like for me, for my personality, like I'm all over the place. I like things spontaneous. Um, really like last minute, fun, surprise type of gal. And it's been really, really hard. And so what, some, what are some of the strategies into being diligent in meal planning and actually following through your plan and making it happen, <laughs> making dinner um, every day on the table?
1: Yeah, one of my strategies is to, when I get that meal plan, um, whether I've made it myself or... Well, these days, I print off my own product <laughs> and use that mm-hmm. because it just... It works for me. Yes. Um, so... But I post that on the refrigerator, whether we're testing recipes or whatever it is that we're we're going to have. Those are the ingredients I know I have in my kitchen to make. Those are the meals I have available. Okay. And then I... I don't second guess it. I've learned that even if it doesn't sound good right then, and a lot of times it doesn't, you you look at the list and think, "I'm not in the mood for you know fish or whatever it is that we've got on the plan." Yeah. If I just go ahead and make it, it number one isn't as hard to make as I would talk myself into.
0: Exactly, exactly.
1: And I don't think I have ever sat down to a meal that I've finished making and said, this just doesn't sound good Mm -hmm. when it's on the plate. By the time you get it to the table, it sounds good because it's dinner and you're hungry and you've made it and it's sitting there in front of you. So I think that when we say to ourselves, oh, this just doesn't sound good. I'm not in the mood for this. Mm -hmm. It's kind of that part of our brain trying to talk us out of doing what we know we're supposed to do. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So if we can become aware of that, it helps, and just go ahead and follow through. And the same thing when you think it's going to take a long time to make dinner, if you go out and time yourself in the kitchen, it. If you're using a a good recipe, you're not using some really elaborate thing. Um, it, it's not going to take you nearly as long as you think it's going to take you. Um, it can be done really quickly, usually way faster than going out to a restaurant would take by the time you load everybody in the car and then you run through the drive through and then you come home with it and you could have had dinner already and be cleaning it up. Yeah.
0: Oh my gosh, Tiffany, I love that so much. I'm like, I'm all about perspective. And for some reason, like these comparisons, like really help my brain realize how easy it is and how convenient it is. Cause I know, but it's a, such a good reminder and you're right. Like, even if you go for like a hearty meal at a restaurant, a sit-down restaurant, you're going to wait in line around dinner time for at least like 20 minutes, you know? And so um, even, I mean, even even if not in line at the table waiting for your food mm-hmm. and where you could have probably already prepared it at home. Um, oh, so yeah. I really love that perspective. And for me, what also works is, I, I'd love to share with you and our audience, is the money. Like at the end of our meal, I take out, the receipt, and I look at how much it costs, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I could have bought like
1: four
0: pieces of like New York steak, organic grass fed for this, place. <laughs> <laughs> and we ate pasta. So I love that, love, love that perspective because cooking at home always beats going to a restaurant. Because first of all, you know what you're putting in your food, and second of all, is the, the time and the money aspect. So, so good. Ladies, I would love yeah. to hear what you think um, about meal planning and, like, how do you struggle with that? Like, what's your biggest struggle with meal planning? Like, not knowing what to cook or not not having the time or – because, I mean, there's always time for everything is, if it's a priority. So I'd love to hear. Um, Olga said, love that point. I, Olga, I love that you love that perspective as well. Um, for us to put five kids in the car – is not easy. Oh my god, You're <laughs> yes. a super mom. So you're, you're amazing and you cook amazing food. So, and I know, so um, thank you so much for sharing that. And definitely, you know, while you, by the time you dress up your kids and get them in the car, you could already totally make a meal. So I really, really love that. And uh, what works for me is like really creating just like a, a brain dump. And I know um, my friend, Samantha, um, helped me with that is like really just sitting down and brainstorming all the your favorite recipes that you want to make and that you that really love and that your family enjoys. So, Tiffany, what about like picky ears, and picky eaters? And I know this is a little bit off the topic, but my kids—I mean, they're still young—and whenever I introduce something new to them, even even if it's not new, okay, if it's something that I rarely make that's really good and nutritious and yummy. They'll be like, oh, I don't like this. I don't like that. Like, how do you deal with that? I know a lot of it has to do with, like, family dynamics and, like, discipline and stuff. But, like, do you have any tips for us as far as, like, really um, encouraging kids to eat new foods?
1: Yeah, I, I have um, a couple of kids who are picky. My oldest daughter um, is 25, and she still can be kind of picky, <laughs> despite the fact that she's been to China and eaten all kinds of strange things wow. to us. And has liked that. She can be picky about your typical American foods. Um, so I know what you're talking about. But when they were little, I would make food. And typically in a dinner, there's going to be something that they like. You know, something that you know they're going to eat. And we would put a little of everything on their plates. I don't remember that we always made, made them taste it. Maybe one bite, you know. I, I try not to make a big battle out of the dinner table. Because in addition to getting them fed and giving them nutrition and, and expanding their palates, you're also building a family culture of dinnertime and togetherness. Exactly. That is going to last a lot longer than whether this child grows up to like peas or broccoli. Mm-hmm. So you don't want to make it into a battlefield. So it is a little bit of um, a dance <laughs> to, to get them to expand their palates and not be so picky. Um, but <sighs> something that they want to eat.
0: I love that perspective so much because I feel like sometimes I make way bigger of a deal and it's not even worth it because once they grow up, they're going to remember mommy making them eat food that they didn't like. <laughs> so that, that's, that puts a lot of, um, perspective. So how do you, um, so I want to really touch upon the, um, the organization of it. So you, you have a printout at your website, mm-hmm. at homecooks.com. Um, Yes. And that we can print out and just ride in whatever that we're cooking for that day. Um, but when do you do the grocery shopping? I always feel like I'm always in the middle of like having food and having too much food that it goes bad. Like feel feel like I can't find the balance.
1: Yeah. The, um, in that case, you kind of have to learn what works for you. And as your family grows, it's going to change because your kids are going to get older. They're going to eat more. Um, Yeah, so recently I've discovered online grocery shopping with Mm -hmm. the in-store pickup. So, oh, my goodness, what a game changer, especially Mm -hmm. if you have little kids, which this wasn't there when I had littles. So I would bribe them to be good when Mm -hmm. we went to the grocery store. Um, But, yeah, the amount of food that you need, you kind of just need to to get used to that. How, How often are you at home? are you gonna eat those leftovers for lunch or are you a family that just never gets around to your leftovers? Mm. Um, Once you kind of get a feel for that, just be intentional when you're planning out that grocery list. One thing I think hangs people up a lot is our ideals, like we're just not real Mm -hmm. when we plan our meals. Mm -hmm. It's easy for us to say, oh, I really value um, an all organic, all whole foods, nothing frozen or canned, you know, and, and granted that would, that's a great way to eat, but it may not, if you're wasting a lot of food and those vegetables are languishing in your produce drawer until you finally have to throw them away, you might need to face the fact that this isn't the time. Maybe you can still get really good nutrition by using frozen vegetables, which would last longer. And so you're going to have less waste and it would be easier because you don't have to chop them and just get comfortable with, it doesn't all have to be ideal. I'm not trying to talk anybody out of, of their good eating habits. I really don't want to, but sometimes I think it's easy for us to look again, compare and look around and say, everybody else is having these fantastic meals and chopping all these vegetables. But in reality, if we look at that produce drawer of vegetables that needs to be chopped um, and meat that has to be prepared from absolute scratch every night, it's going to be easy to tuck ourselves out of going into the kitchen at the end of a day or coming home and facing that raw chicken or big pile of vegetables that I have to clean.
0: That is such a Whereas, good point.
1: Yeah, if you come home and you've put dinner in the crock pot and you're coming home to a crock pot full of Finished food—that's um, a lot easier to face, <laughs> and, and was easy to put together in the morning.
0: I agree. Oh my gosh, crock pot is saved my life, and then I got instant pot. Oh my gosh, yes. Um, so, okay, I a few points. Um, what you shared about the food going bad is huge. Like, it's something I can relate to for sure. Um, I sometimes go like, oh, like, oh, you know what? We'll just not have these veggies today. I'm, I'm really short on time and then mm-hmm. I don't end up getting to them and then they go bad and I paid so much money for them and I end up throwing them in the trash and that or compost, but I'm not buying groceries to put in a, in a compost bin. Right. And so that's, it's such a huge point is like really, um, either. And you know, one of the things that really helps me is like freezing fresh. If I'm, mm-hmm. if I want to buy fresh, like either on a good deal or whatever, um, chopping them up all in bulk as soon as they get to a home from the store and like freezing them because, oh my gosh, like I know we Ukrainians and Russians, like we love our greens, um, green herbs. So our dill and our parsley, some love cilantro. And to have that fresh in your fridge all the time is pretty much impossible because I mean, it, it goes really bad really quick and not everyone has like a little herb garden in their home. Of course, that's like <laughs> ideal right there. And I really want to talk about the idealism in just a second. Um, but yeah, when I come home, I'm like, I have this biggest intention. Like, oh my gosh, I got three bunches of each. I'm going to chop them all up, put in a zip ball bag and freeze them. So I always add them soups and borscht and stuff. And then I never get to it and they go bad. And that's like, oh my gosh, like a reality check, like Vicky, you can't do that, you know? And so, um, uh, and I want to share with you, Tiffany. And uh, for those of us listening, we, sometimes we say, uh, we keep our word to everyone, to our husband, to our friends, to our mom, but to ourselves. And like, that's the worst disrespect to yourself And I find myself doing that all the time. I will please everyone around me, but I will not do what I tell myself. And so I think that's, that's huge is like to really start like really going through what and following through what you tell Mm -hmm. yourself. Huge for me. Okay. Um, and a pal comparison, especially with Instagram everywhere, and people are like, oh my gosh, look at that fresh, beautiful meal. Oh my gosh, I want to make that. And so um, I love that. It's like, it's, if it's not possible for your family, don't be deceived by it. And by the way, um, the only time I would post, like, and I do post sometimes, like a really beautiful, vegetable, rich meal. Um, is when I'm actually only time when I'm having it. Do you know what I mean? Like the other days, yeah. I could have like pasta and just plain <laughs> soup. I'm not gonna post that. I'm only gonna <laughs> post the best. And it, it's that happens in every aspect of your life. So like, if my my there's laundry on my couch, I'm not gonna take a picture of my beautiful living room. You know, so right. So, but
1: wait, you know. On the other hand, there are lots of ways to have good, healthy meals but use a few shortcuts and exactly. getting there. It's just about being re- realistic with ourselves about what we have time for that particular week or that particular day. Exactly. You know, we may have a day a week that we have more time to cook, but the other days maybe we need to think about using the slow cooker or the Instant Pot or having a, good, a few good 15-minute meals up your sleeve Um, with the ingredients already in the pantry that you can Mm -hmm. fall back on. So what's a good 15-minute meal? We – I have a lot of those (laughs) because I love to get um, dinner on the table fast. And in the meal plans, we include at least one 15-minute meal and one slow cooker meal in um, every week of our
0: traditional Mm -hmm.
1: and whole food plans um, so that people – Because that is another strategy, is to look at your calendar and say, oh, on this day, I know we Mm -hmm. don't have much time. But if I can make Mexican beans and rice, Mm -hmm. or I can make um, fried rice with ham and pineapple, or um, I can't think of another one off the top of my head, but Mm -hmm. just something like that. And I know that I've got that in in the pantry, I've got the ingredients, Mm -hmm. and I can get that on, on the table, start to finish, then... I'm not going to feel like we need to run through the drive through
0: mm-hmm. or into a restaurant. I really love that. Looking at your schedule as a whole and really putting, mm-hmm. cause of course there's some days that are busy than others. So how yes. do you, how do you compile your grocery list um, in a way so that you're not freaking out last minute and saying, Oh my gosh, I'm out of the main ingredient for the meal.
1: Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. The, the best way to do that is to get your get all of your meals and go item by item through those recipes and add them to your list and If you run out of a staple, go ahead, keep a running list somewhere in your house i I try to keep one on my calendar and or the refrigerator sometimes whatever seems to be working best for me so if I run out of diced tomatoes or you know some staple thing that you just typically have mm-hmm. chicken boss or whatever it is i'll Try to add that to the list so that I can keep those things on hand. Um, the reality is that that's even, despite our best efforts, is a lot of details to keep track of. Yeah. And there will be times when you've forgot to pick up something, or you overlooked it on your list, or you've just di- you just did it. you just didn't get it. And learning to substitute things. At, in times like that, and not and getting creative, trusting ourselves in cooking, like the, maybe the recipe says this, but I really I didn't pick that up. But I do have a package of ground beef or whatever. Mm-hmm. Maybe could I change this recipe, or is there another staples meal, pantry meal that I usually have all the ingredients for mm-hmm. that I could make instead? Um, those kinds of things because it will. Despite all yeah. of our best intentions, it that will happen. Of course, it'll happen a lot less if we have, if we're prepared and, exactly. and do try to make the list.
0: Yes, but it definitely happens. And um, I would, I'm uh, curious, ladies, um, if you can let me in the comments below. What is one of your staple foods um, that you keep in your pantry that you always have on hand? So my husband loves um, Costco chicken. And then he'll have the chicken with either mashed potatoes or pasta or whatever. Um, And then afterwards, there's, like, all these chicken breasts because we really like the dark meat. There's chicken breasts left over. And I usually make um, Alfredo, chicken Alfredo um, pasta. And for me, it's Alfredo sauce in my pantry all the time. And um, I know it's, like, probably, like, not the most gourmet option. But um, I feel like that is, like, a huge lifesaver for me on busy nights. And so, like, um, Alfredo sauce is for me – what is it for you? Let me know in the comments. I would absolutely love to hear. Um, and Tiffany, oh my gosh, you have been so much valuable, but I know you touch upon like one thing I really want to, um, ask you about in detail, um, is the pickups. So I've never done the online shopping pickups, but I have done, um, Amazon prime now, which is not available in all cities. And I used to live in Portland just like seven months ago. And it was like, I'm going to, I'm ordering my groceries two hours there at my house. Like oh, literally wow. <laughs> it was incredible. And like for my favorite store, it was amazing. Now I live almost in the middle of nowhere and there's no such thing. Dream on Vicky. You have to go to five different stores to get your ingredients. Um, but like, I am really, really curious. Like, is there specific stores that have this pickup or is it bar area only? Annie? And how does it work?
1: Um, the ones that I know about are Walmart um, they have a lot, but it's not everywhere. Mm. I know in my parents' hometown, I don't think their Walmart has the the store pickup. Okay. And Kroger is another one. I think that's an East Coaster in my region. I'm not sure where all the Kroger stores are. Yeah. I think I've heard, is there a store called H-E-B? Is that out west? I have no somewhere? idea. No. I think maybe... I know there are other stores. I'm not. I'm not mm-hmm, sure mm-hmm. where they are. But if you find one in your area, it is the best thing ever. And my favorite thing to do with that is to go ahead and fill out my grocery list a couple of days ahead, and then schedule the pickup. You know, into the future a little bit, a few days, and then you can add to that list mm. because you know how you. You yeah. put your grocery list together, and then as soon as you get home, or as soon as that order is gone, you think, "Oh, I forgot to add yeah. three things." Yeah, oh. that way you can just keep adding those things to the grocery list, and that seems to work the best.
0: That is so, that is so cool. Hey, what keeps them, uh, comes to mind when you say Kroger? There's Fred Meyer's, and I think it's yeah. Part I of think things. they. I think maybe it is. Yeah, and they're on the west um on the west coast and um I know that the one in Portland has the pickup I've just never used it um but that's such a great option just go online and or call your local store and see if they have the pickup because it's amazing life it really lifesaver and time saver oh my gosh <laughs> yes all right tiffany oh my gosh our time has come to an end and I appreciate you so much for sharing so much valuable insights, not only like in things that we can do right now and apply to our meal planning life, but also like how you grew this incredible business. I really, really appreciate you.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It's
0: been a lot of fun. It's been so much fun having you. Thank you so much. Thanks. All right, ladies. Thank you so much for being here. Oh my gosh. Tiffany is amazing. I love her story. And I did not know this about her is that like she created this business and then she funneled the income to paying her daughter's college off like how incredible is that i encourage you to so much like so much like to take some time and think about like where do you want to funnel your in your business income because i feel like whenever you tie it to a really meaningful why so many things happen so many things happen, successful things happen, good things happen to you. When you tie that money to something really meaningful to you, I know that there are some parents who tied it into a private school fund. Like, okay, I really want to put my kids into a private school. How much is it going to cost? This is how much I need a month. And they made it happen because the why is, big, and so I highly, highly encourage you to do that as well. Again, thank you so much for joining us uh, on the Mompreneur Show today. I love seeing you in the comments and um, hearing your um, your questions and your comments. I really, really appreciate it. I hope you can join us live next Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on Facebook Live. I'm your host, Vicki Leshenko, and this is the show that helps you win in business without losing at home. Thank you so much for being here, and I will see you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you.